me put my face on. Let me put my makeup on. Welcome to That's Good Sports Monday morning NFL Denver Broncos reaction podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. Uh, today we're going to talk about some of the things we saw in NFL football from yesterday, and then we'll get into the Broncos' ugly, soul-crushing loss to the Jets, where the Jets just ran all over them. Just the, the Broncos were basically a football field yesterday, and the Jets ran all over them. Uh, a lot of things happened in the NFL this weekend. Nothing too crazy, but some stuff that might be moderately, mildly crazy, Will. Yeah, no, uh, definitely some crazy things. Uh, do you want to start with some of the kickers, like Mason Crosby missing four field goals and an extra point? Yeah, let's start with the Packers, who lost to the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, Got to hand it to the Lions. So far, they have beat the Patriots and the Packers. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. The best quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, teams whose names start with P. I, I'd, I'd maybe there's wow. pa- Patricia can only beat P teams. That's the take I want everybody to walk away with. Watch out, Panthers. Uh, it was really funny. We were, um, my wife had to go to Los Angeles for work. And uh, so I was driving her to the airport after the Broncos game. And uh, like, I was trying to find football to listen to on the, the radio. And since the Rockies played and lost yesterday in the baseball playoffs, all of the FM stations were covering the Rockies. And I was like going through AM and I finally found a station and it was actually just a recap of what was happening from the, the, the games already. But they t- they'd mentioned the Packers game and they go, kicker Mason Crosby misses uh, four field goals and an extra point in the Packers loss to the Detroit Lions. And my wife looked at me and she goes, isn't kicking like his only job? It sure <laughs> I is. Like, I like, <laughs> it really is. And that is uh, probably the best way to sum up uh, how the, the Packers lost that game. I mean, what's weird is because Mason Crosby has been up until, you know, maybe the last season or two, a very good and very reliable kicker. So interesting. Yeah, no, he's been one of the best. I mean, you don't stick, stick around that long if you're not pretty reliable and consistent. He's kind of like Green Bay's version of Jason Elam sort of, but or Brandon McManus um, too, if you want to make that comparison. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much the reason they lost. They're kind of relying on Aaron Rodgers for what feels like everything, which may not be fair considering I don't think he's uh, even like 80 or 70% after that week one injury. Uh, but another big kick from the morning games, we had Graham Gonneau nail a 63-yarder that looked like it was going to be good from like 68 to beat the Giants. Yeah, he had the leg on that one for sure. Graham Gonneau, maybe one of the underrated kickers in the NFL uh, always pretty good. 63-yarder to to beat the New York Giants, who had just driven down the field. Uh, and did they kick a field? Did they score a touchdown to take the lead there? Yeah, it was, yeah that uh, was a Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Right. Yeah, where he, he landed weird on his on maybe his knee. Hopefully not, but we'll see. 
He landed weird. They were making a huge deal out of it. And then they're like, oh, no, he's laughing on the sidelines with his teammates. He's <laughs> laughing, everybody. That, that was like the announcer's uh, signal to uh, Giants fans that Saquon was okay. So Saquon laughing with his teammates. Sterling Shepard was beating the shit out of a bench and a garbage can, which a little bit of advice, <laughs> Sterling. You're never going to win a fight with a, a garbage can. So... No. Garbage is undefeated in human history and it will embarrass you every yeah. time. So. And even if you even if you do win, like you're the guy that beat up a garbage can. Right. What's well, uh, like Again, still you're taking an L there. You're taking an L much. as the kids say. What is uh what is the deal with Giants wide receivers and inanimate objects on the sideline? Uh some kind of there's just something there right? between them. I tried to make a joke and say that uh, the kicking net was really happy that she married Odell Beckham and not Sterling uh, Sterling Shepard. Mm, abusive. Which, which I don't think anybody thought was very funny. Um, I thought it was. It's not a domestic violence joke. It's a our wide receivers. One wide receiver uh, kissed and then proposed to a kicking net, and the other wide receiver is beating the shit out of uh, benches and garbage cans. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know how anybody couldn't have thought that was funny. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like I try so hard, and I feel like I'm Luke, rewarded you... with yes. just failing. I am like, <laughs> I am like the New York Giants. Pretty much, uh, they look bad. Uh, Odell before the game kind of said some I don't I don't want to say cryptic things about Eli Manning, but someone asked him about the quarterback situation, and he didn't give a very I don't know how yeah, it, was it, was ESPN, it was an ESPN interview and he yeah. questioned his quarterback. He questioned being a, uh, whether he wants to be a giant anymore. <laughs> it's like, dude, you just signed a huge, massive contract. Yeah. And then he took credit for galvanizing the team afterwards said, Hey, awesome. he apologized for his comments to the team. And then he took credit for bringing the team closer together because they played a pretty good football game that they actually lost. So yeah, always good to galvanize the team enough to lose by two points. Yeah. You know, man, it's just these it's these fucking millennials, dude. It's these millennials. It's true. Will you – I <laughs> technically I am one too, I guess. But, you know, if yeah. you want to just point a general finger, millennials. I don't know. I might not even be the, on the uh, – I might be on the edge. You might even be more of a millennial than me. So What are you? Looking in the mirror on that one. Uh, I think – I think like the official millennial age stopped in '96, which is when I was born. So. Oh, I forget how young you are. Teetering. I am 12 years older than you. <laughs> when you were 12, I was a little baby. Can you believe that? Yeah. If I would have mm. seen you as a little baby, I would have drowned Stol you in a river. Stored. Okay, I was gonna go more with like stolen candy from me. Well, well. Because it would have been easy. And it was, it's not a mean thing, but you're, you're, I, if I would have known your future is sitting here talking to me about uh, football on webcams on a Monday morning, that is probably going nowhere. I would have just saved you the pain. I would have saved you the pain of living an unfulfilling yeah. life. It would have been like killing baby Hitler. It's simply the right thing to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, wow. uh, other notable morning games. Uh, Pittsburgh beat Atlanta. I don't know if anything interesting happened in that other than Julio Jones failed to score a touchdown again. Didn't uh, he 
Did he get hurt in that game? I don't know if he got hurt, but he got held to like five catches, sixty something yards, which oh, is he just didn't pretty perform. pedestrian for him. Yeah, okay. and um, Casey beat Jacksonville by sixteen points. Um, their defense was pretty much the star in this one. They scored a touchdown. Uh, Blake Bortles was throwing passes off of his offensive lineman's helmets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically, everywhere everywhere except his wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. So, Casey got out of it with a 30-14 to 14 victory, which was probably closer than it actually was, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bortles threw four interceptions on the day. Uh, I didn't – I mean, that came, that was on during the Broncos game. I haven't got to, like, really look into that. I'm assuming most of those interceptions were his fault. You know, sometimes you see quarterback has, like, uh, a couple picks. And, for example, the, the Patriots-Colts game the other night. Tom Brady, two interceptions. Neither one of them were his fault. And, God, do I want him to be at fault for interception. So, I'm assuming, though – uh, from what I've heard on the, the peripheral is that Bortles played like shit. Uh, somehow he had 430 passing yards, but four <laughs> interceptions. Uh, Jags couldn't really get their running game going. The Chiefs, the Chiefs uh, Kareem Hunt had another decent game. Tyreek Hill, just too many, too many little things to stop if you get down, if you're the Jags. Uh, because I don't know, man, like I wanted to see Blake Bortles be pretty good again. I like the Jags. I want them to be the best team in the AFC, but, uh, right now you got to say, you got to say that's probably the, the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, reluctantly, well, I think next Sunday night's game will go a long way to figuring that out if they really are the best team, the Chiefs. Uh, but- yeah. Are they playing the, so, is it the Patriots? Yeah, it's at New England. Oh. Uh, I think it's at New England. Who do I want to win that oh. game? I want the, it's I'm going to want the Chiefs it's to win. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. I I might be rooting for the Patriots, to be honest, just to even things out. Yeah, well, you, you're already at Tom Brady level of hate for Patrick Mahomes, so I can understand that. I'm still at Tom Brady know. level of hate for Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So I was able to follow this game because I was watching the Broncos game at a bar and the TV behind me was the Chiefs Jaguars game and I wasn't watching the game, but, but you there's have eyes very, in the back of your head, so it made it very easy. Well, yeah, well that for one. Um but also there's like this semi overweight Chiefs fan behind me. Uh, watching the game and reacting to every big play like he was just taking the most painful shit of his life. <laughs> like he'd see, like after, like Mahomes goes deep to Travis Kelsey, he goes like, Ugh! and then like Blake Bortles throws a pick and he's like, Ugh! and he's just making the most painful, unnatural groaning sounds of, of his life. Um, and so anytime I heard something just incredibly disturbing behind me, I knew uh, something good was happening for the Chiefs. Yeah. And I heard a lot of it, so I could tell that they're winning big. As as a man who had a what I would classify as a difficult bowel movement this morning, that uh, story really hits home with me, Will. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if he has like bowel troubles or, you know, that's how it, that's just how he expresses joy. Like, <laughs> I don't. Want, I wonder if he does that for like other uh, other other things in his life, like he gets married and he's like. 
I do. I do. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. Your tax refund is going to be $6,000. Oh, yes. (laughs) So that's basically how I think of all Chiefs fans now. And that's how the Jags lost to the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, um, you got off theme though, because the Cleveland Browns won their second oh, game. Yeah. Also, sure another overtime game, uh, relying on the foot of their kicker. And Correct. That Browns. was maybe the worst game-winning field goal I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was what is it? A thirty, a thirty-yarder. Yes. And it looked it like looked- it was a knuckleball from start to finish. It looked like it got blocked. I thought the kick got blocked, and then it went through yeah. the uprights. I was like, oh, shit, a blocked kick went through the upright. Oh, oh no, it's just a bad kick. But either way, still a dramatic victory yeah. for the, the Browns. Yeah, the, the Browns almost got hosed again, too, because uh, Baker Mayfield was throwing the ball on third down around the 50-yard line. And I can't remember which receiver it was. I think it was Jarvis Landry who just got knocked to the ground, like 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. And the referees all got together and talked about it, and they didn't throw a flag for legal contact. When you could have thrown legal contact on Brandon Carr for just knocking out the receiver, and whoever was covering him on the play, it might have been Jimmy Smith, uh, just for holding him up until that point. So they almost got just smoked by the referees two, two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's an interesting play because, I mean, he was manhandled for yeah. you know no reason. Now, the refs say the ball was – uh, uncatchable. uncatchable, right? So that's why they didn't throw a, a, a penalty. But, like, when you look at that, you could call illegal contact, you could have called defensive holding, or you could have called pass interference. Uh, one of those three things could have been called there, I'm assuming, under the, the NFL rules. And they say that they can't call illegal contact if the ball is already in the air. Uh, which I didn't know. So, like, once the ball's in the air, no longer is it a legal contact. It's a pass interference penalty, and it can't be pass interference penalty if the refs uh, say the ball is uncatchable. But my question there is, is the ball uncatchable or is the receiver not able to run his proper route because he was fucking taken down? (laughs) Like, Yeah, uh, I have a feeling the – the ball would have looked a lot more catchable had uh, Jarvis Landry or whoever it was not been knocked out cold at the 35-yard line. Yeah, I just feel like that is called some sort of penalty 99 out of 100 times. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like it was like a, a ball that Baker Mayfield threw kind of out of the back of the end zone where it looked like maybe it was, like it could have went to a receiver and you're like, no, it's uncatchable. Like it's in the middle of the field. It was just – it would have been a ripe story for the Browns getting fucked, but instead they beat the Ravens, which makes you question the, the Ravens now. I was like, <laughs> I think the Ravens are going to, you know, they're the best team in the AFC North, and now the Bengals sit atop the AFC North, quietly just climb to a 4-1 and record. The Ravens lose to the Browns. The Browns have been competitive with basically every team they've played, and they're 2-2-1. Yeah. Two, two uh, which so are the Steelers now two two and one. Um, yes. So it's interesting, interesting division to watch. Maybe the most. Maybe I don't know. I th- I feel like there are the most like storylines in the a- AFC North. Like you've got the Steelers and all their drama. You've got the Browns dating back to Hard Knock ba- Baker Mayfield, and uh, well, no, nobody really cares about the Ravens outside of Baltimore. But uh, <laughs> the I Bengals are quietly four and one. They beat the Dolphins. 
Yeah, they beat the Dolphins, who now are tied with the Patriots in the yeah. – <laughs> Funny how, how quickly that happened. God, my, my, how the turntables have turned. How the turntables. Uh, okay, so Baker Mayfield is, for all intents and purposes, 2-1. and one. He didn't get credited for his first win because Tyrod Taylor started the game, but he came back from a 12-point Yeah, deficit. he carried that game. Uh, he probably should be 3-0. and oh. Uh, if you want to think about that Oakland game and uh, a couple calls that absolutely should have gone their way. And if you really want to boil it down to this, like Cleveland is a few plays away from being 5-0 and because they've been in every single game uh, a, a good kicker away from being 5-0, and I would say. Sneaky. Sneaky hot take. Browns should be 5-0. and Browns are the they best could, team they in could football. Be. They might be. Yeah. Watch out, Kansas City. Browns have a really good defense, and I think that's probably the thing that's uh, getting lost in, you know, Baker Mayfield playing well and being the number one overall pick. But if you're excited yeah. about the Browns, it's got to start with with their defense. Uh, there's a yeah, lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. Go Denzel ahead. Ward looks like the defensive rookie of the year at this point. Yeah. Pick against Flacco. God, the Broncos could use Denzel Ward. Uh, Josh Rosen, he got a win yesterday, right? They beat the 49ers? He sure did. He beat C.J. Beathard and the 49ers, who they look like they're kind of spiraling for the second season in a row. They they need one more uh, high draft pick, and then they're going to be as good as I thought they were. It only took a year. I I didn't get – like, I was working on episodes. Uh, I didn't get to watch much of that game, but, uh, like, the first play I saw was just Josh Rosen throwing, like, a – 70-yard bomb for a touchdown. <laughs> uh, so if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you got to be a, a little bit excited of some of the things you're starting to see with, with your rookie and also gets you your first win against a shitty team. But Rosen gets a win. Uh, Mayfield gets a win. And even Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills gets a win against the Tennessee Titans, who, who the fuck are the Titans? Every game is going to be won or lost by three points. And it's nobody's going to score more than uh, eight points in a football game when you're watching the goddamn Titans play. Yeah, no, this is uh, the NFL is such a middle class league now. I feel like everybody's just kind of in the hunt, except for maybe I don't know Kansas City and and the Rams. I don't think there are any winless teams anymore, are there? No, just those two. It's the Rams and Chiefs. Five yeah. Now. Yeah, and there's no one with, with zero wins anymore. Yeah, I mean, you had the Vikings and Eagles. Uh, Vikings get a win, right. so you're questioning, like, the the whole NFC East is, like, who the fuck's actually the best in that division? Um, uh, Vikings, of course, are in the NFC North, but uh, I was referencing the NFC East with the Eagles. The Redskins play tonight. The Giants lose. The Cowboys lose. That is a very middle-class uh, conference. Um, you're right. It's like, and even the Rams, like they're, it's crazy because the Rams offense is what is carrying them. Their offense is the exciting part of that team. And they nearly lost yesterday because their defense, uh, could not stop, uh, any, anything. Yeah, no, um, uh, it looks like Aqib Tlaib might be <laughs> sneaky, the most valuable defensive player of all time because okay. The, la- the two, defense that- two defenses that he's left recently, uh, the Broncos via trade and the Rams via injury, uh, albeit temporarily, 
have gotten a lot worse since he left. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, uh, well, he only had 198 passing yards, but he threw three touchdowns. And I think what you noticed in that game was that when he did complete the deep ball, it was just two guys who were wide open. And you have to assume, like, with the keep to leave in the secondary, uh, that probably not happening uh, the, the way it did. Like, I've, two of the touchdowns I watched, or at least, like, getting the ball way down the field, it was like Tyler Lockett, wide open for no reason. <laughs> um, and also, the, the Seahawks ran the ball effectively, which you have to be a little bit concerned about. Um, if you're a Rams fan in that defense. I mean, Chris Carson has a breakout 116-yard game, and then Mike Davis behind him with another 68 yards. So they, they're giving, they gave up maybe the second most rush yards to the Broncos yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, a close second. <laughs> and uh, um, so, but I, you know, I still think the Rams are good. Like that defense, may, when they get Aqib lead back, will be better. And I think that offense is consistently going to be a challenge for any defense they're playing. So kind of like the Chiefs at this point. Like the Chiefs and the Rams are really similar, except for the Rams do have a good defense. It just uh, isn't playing well right now. (laughs) Like they're they're, they're very similar there. So except for the fact the Rams have a good quarterback. Um, Oh, anyway. Speaking of Rams quarterback, nobody is still beating Goff. Nobody has beaten Goff, guys. Beaten Goff shirts on the That's Good Sports store. Buy them. Look, I'll, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Yeah, buy a shirt. I'll say it. Jared Goff, undefeated since beating Goff. This is inception. The inception yeah. of beating Goff. Since Will Keys invented beating Goff. Um, no one's beating Goff. <laughs> no one's beaten Goff. He is yep. – just a star. A star is born. Um, mm-hmm. More so than Bradley out, Cooper. Shout out to that movie. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Heard it's good, I though. Yeah. Will and I both like movies. We could probably do a movie and TV podcast, honestly. We're really, yeah. we're really fit to be working for The Ringer. You know what I mean? Yes, except we're funny. Our acumen for pop culture, yeah. We are funnier than The Ringer. We are Ringer, funnier than- it, yeah. Bill Simmons, yeah. if you're listening, I'm sorry. He's not. No. He's not. Don't worry. I've sent them emails, and they have not responded, just like all those other assholes. Anyway. They have to show up to their door. It's like, dude, just give me a chance. Give Will <laughs> and I a chance. Uh, the, la- the Sunday night game, actually pretty good. Cowboys, Texans, that goes into overtime, right? Yep. Right? And how do yes. the Texans win? Uh, they get into field goal range on a DeAndre Hopkins pretty good catch, and then not one, but two spin moves. Like the I'm, spin cycle I'm, twice. I'm, I'm I'm editing the the Broncos video. I have that game on. I'm home alone because my wife's gone, and I watched that play, and I just started screaming at the TV. I'm just like, oh, oh, like. You know a play is good when you get that kind of reaction and <laughs> around to share it with. And, like, the only, the only place I have to share it is, like, on social media. So I immediately, like, rewind it and put the, the clip on Twitter. 
And uh, I, I don't know. I was just – I found that play very exciting. Like, you don't see back-to-back spin moves like that. And they weren't the best spin moves, but they were effective. And uh, I don't know. I was happy to see the Cowboys lose as well because I picked the Texans to win. And so many of my picks yesterday were fucking wrong. Uh, I, needed, I needed that win is what, I, what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you deserved it. Um, no, yeah. I, I love, like – the spin move, I think, is my favorite move like out of a, a ball carrier's repertoire. Uh, whenever I'm playing Madden, I just smash the hell out of the B button and, and spin forever. It's like it's better than a juke. It's more satisfying. And when you just time it perfectly, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. Yeah, and it looks cool. I mean, it looks yeah. cool. If oh, yeah. I, it breaks ankles, too, like a juke. Yeah, if Isaiah Crowell did spin moves on on his way to his seventy seven yard touchdown, I would be like, okay, I'll cut the I'll cut the defense a little slack. He yeah, did a spin instead, move. how are you going to stop? A spin there was move? nobody trying to tackle him. Is the yeah, problem? Except everybody who tried to tackle him fell down. Um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our NFL portion. I mean, I know we didn't get to every game. The Falcons kind of look shitty, losing to the uh, Steelers. They're just so hard to say. The best, the worst, worst team, but sometimes okay team is how I classify them. The Bears didn't play this week. Bears are another team, I would say, with uh, Kansas City and the Rams, who are, I think, in in fact, you might say you could argue the Bears are better than either of those teams. Well, except if you factor in their quarterback, who did have. His breakout game before his bye week, six touchdown passes. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, but the Bears, I think, are the second best team in the NFC. So we'll we'll talk more about the NFL on Thursday uh, for our, our podcast then. And now we're going to get into this Broncos loss, which was a, an atrocity. The Jets – here's the problem with this Broncos loss. Just like the big picture is the Jets aren't – a better football team than the Broncos. If you're talking about talent and playmakers, but they just, they just owned, they owned the Denver Broncos uh, on Sunday, just beat the shit out of them. And like, I want to say that the jets are like a, a team on the rise and they have this really solid, t- but to me, they're a team that has a lot of pieces. They still need to fill yeah, um, Sam Sam Darnold, I think might be a good quarterback in another two years or a year. I don't know. Like he's he's fine for a rookie, but he's not he's not breaking teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that the Broncos gave up three hundred and twenty three rushing yards to <laughs> a team that was nobody was fearing as a, a strong uh, rushing team is concerning uh, as a, as a Broncos fan. And just a, a stat for you though. Um, uh, Peyton Manning, through five weeks in 2013, had 21 touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes only has 14 now, Will, so not elite. I'm feeling, I'm feeling Not elite better. at all. Uh, I, I just wanted to sprinkle that in for you. I also saw a stat um, that Ryan Leaf, in his career, threw 14 touchdown passes. And Patrick Mahomes, in his career, <laughs> 14 touchdown passes. Basically the same. Basically. I think not. 
what 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 did what did you want to say about this game? I feel like you were ready to say something. Uh, you're refusing uh, to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was gonna say that like Darnold, his stat line looked really good, and he had so he had three touchdowns to one pick. Uh, the one pick was just batted down or batted in the air. Uh, I still like, even though his stats look so good, like I didn't think he was like all that impressive. That no. one throw to Robbie Anderson was really, really nice. That uh, touchdown, Jim. That touchdown yeah. dime. That was a dime. He just like other than that, like it's very easy to throw the ball when you're also running the ball for 323 yards in a game. Yeah, uh, which the Broncos failed Could to realize done? because they they got away from the uh, they got away from the running game once they faced any type of deficit whatsoever. It is like it is mind boggling. Uh, okay, so another stat for you: the Broncos get the most yards uh, on average uh, on first down if they're running the ball. So in the NFL, uh, six point three yards uh, per carry on first down. Uh, the Jets were 31st in the NFL on this statistic and then jumped to, uh, number nine. Jesus. Yeah. Number nine. They, (laughs) they were 31st and, uh, an outlier like that with that big of a jump is uh, not a good sign for the Broncos defense, but nope. here's the thing that's interesting. So here are like uh, a bunch of the teams that run the ball very well on first down. You got the Broncos losing record Panthers winning record Cowboys losing record Saints winning record 49ers losing record Chargers winning record Rams winning record Packers tie ish tie ish record. So running the ball effectively on first down uh, to me basically doesn't mean shit. And it's just like anything in football, you have to do multiple things well as a team. And I think it's just like when I try to figure out what's wrong with the Broncos, it just feels like it is a different thing every week. That is a glaring problem. Uh and so there's no consistency of greatness. Like, you can't be like the Packers and say, okay, maybe we're not that good of a team, but every week we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be fucking lights out. You know what I mean? Or um, the Titans right now. We're not a great team per se, but every week our defense is going to keep us in the game. Like, our defense is tough, and they're going to give us a chance to win. The Broncos, it's like, it's their secondary. And then this week, it's like, oh, shit, they're ru- well, two weeks in a row. Their run, game, their run defense has disappeared. Um, they can't stop Kareem Hunt, and now they can't stop Belial Powell and Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Case Keenum is throwing too many picks. He throws one pick at the end of the game, uh, has decent stats, but if you watch that game, you weren't like, dang, Case Keenum's playing good. You would say the exact same thing about Keenum as you did about Sam Darnold. It's like, I didn't see anything special from him. I didn't, he wasn't bad, but it's like when the Broncos need to make a play or when they need to get downfield, I don't have faith in Keenum to do it. It's like, he's like a better version of what we've seen the last two years where it's a bunch of short passes that seem to be less and less effective throughout the game. Uh, His one, 
he had uh, a, uh, he had one downfield pass to Demarius Thomas, and then uh, that downfield touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas, which wasn't even a good throw by Case Keenum. It was a better. It was just a, a good catch by Demarius Thomas. Um, to, and it was in garbage time for a touchdown. So, like, if you're going to look at Keenum's stats and be like, well, a quarterback's fine, that's completely misleading. Um, the offensive line and pass protection is struggling. Keenum's feel for a, a being about to be to – his feel when he should know he's about to get sacked does not exist, Will. He does not feel the fucking sack coming. It's not it's always his fault. Sometimes you're not going to feel it as a quarterback, but any, any, don't get me wrong. He is not being helped out by the defense there. And what was crazy was like every time the Broncos were in third down, third down and long, I had no faith they were going to make a play because the pass rush came, the Jets give them credit defensively. They blitzed on third down and the Broncos had no answer to pick it up. The, every time the Jets blitzed, they got to the quarterback, which leads me to my next thing. Where the fuck is the Broncos blitz? Where, how, what, why is Von Miller not being just unleashed every play trying to sack the quarterback? I feel like the difference I'm seeing when the Broncos defense pass rush was good, it was like Von Miller was in the backfield almost every play. He wasn't getting a sack every time, but he was there. You had DeMarcus Ware there or Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett. It was like almost – Every play, like, oh, shit, the pass rush is coming. Quarterback's going to make a mistake. That just doesn't exist. So, oh, I had to get all of that off my chest. Those are the problems I'm seeing. Do I think everything is burning, Will? A little bit. So, talk me off the ledge, please. Bring me back down to reality and tell me why it's not as bad as it looks. If you can. If you can even do such a thing. I don't know if I can do that for you. Uh, the thing I will say, though, is I'm going to kind of expound on that rant a little bit, which I think all, all of those points are entirely fair, and I agree with just about all of them. Uh, but, yeah, like third down, third and long, get, like, get the slow interior rushers off the field because they're clearly not doing anything and get like that NASCAR front with Chubb, Miller, Barrett, Ray, everybody and have them rush the passer and just do something different and creative uh, instead of just, like, having Miller and Chubb, like, rush themselves out of the play and the quarterback takes one step up and they've got all day to throw. Yeah, uh, or it's like Miller and Chubb are in coverage for some reason yeah. on third down. What the fuck? I saw a lot of Shaq Barrett in coverage again, which we talked God. about last week, and I'm like, this is <laughs> – I don't know. Is Brandon Marshall just, like, not cutting it enough to the point where you have to put Shaq Barrett, his best – his best skill as a football player is rushing the passer, uh, covering wide receivers and tight ends. But on the other side, offensively for the Broncos, it felt like every third down, uh, the Jets were showing blitz and they weren't disguising it. They were just blitzing. And Leonard Williams pancaked whoever he was going up against, whether it was one of the guards or, or Paradis, and getting in the backfield. And then they kept either Booker or Freeman or whoever was in on third down, the pass block. Here's a fucking idea. When you see the blitz, have your running back swing out and throw a screen pass to eliminate the pass rush. They didn't do it. Every other team does it to the Broncos. They're not doing it to to their opponents. And they're becoming super predictable. They're trying to to counter a blitz with like a nine-step drop, and it's the worst thing you can do. And they're getting sacked 
or just throwing it away every time. You know how you get past that blitz, Will? You run further backwards. Can't catch you yeah. if you're never going forward. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's I always true. say. And they, like, if the Broncos had a more athletic quarterback, they might be able to do that. They might be able to say, okay, the blitz is coming. We've got a guy who's going to uh, athletically kind of outrun people right or left in the pocket and get a ball downfield. Keenum's not that guy. Like, he's just not. So a screen pass in that situation is the perfect remedy. You see it every week when, when a team's having too much success getting at the quarterback. You, you, you dump off the pass quickly. You let the pass rush come. And then that, that puts the pass rush in check. You run two effective screen plays that are, are big gains. All of a sudden, the defense is second-guessing whether or not they should be blitzing. And you say, well, you need running backs, good running backs, to, to, to run the screen. Well, the Broncos fucking have those. They have those, Will. They've got two guys. They've got three guys. Three guys who can do it. The only thing Booker does well is catch the fucking ball. So, uh, well, he's good in pass protection. He's just not a great running back. He's like a, he's a blocking back and a catching back. He's a he's essentially a fullback. He's a CB back. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but also, when I the Broncos have tried to run the screen this year, it doesn't work. Have you noticed that? The screen has been – they didn't – I feel like well, they well, haven't like run the, it for like two weeks. But I feel the like – The bubble screen to Demarius no, Thomas? No, not, the, not the bubble screen. That they didn't run the screen. never worked since like 2014. He's Demarius Thomas too old to be the, the home run hitter on those bubble screens. Uh, you need your, you need, that should be Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, but I feel like the, the screen when they have tried it this season really hasn't worked. And it's been either uh, the, the defense has just sniffed it out and they've been right there to tackle the back. Uh, the back drops a pass or Keenum makes a shitty throw. So in fairness, maybe they're not good at running it. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like, just do something else. Like, run a tight end screen, though, too. Or something. Yeah. Anything else. Yeah. Run, like, mean, a, run like a toss to the halfback if you see pressure coming from the inside. I don't know. The tight end is probably is quietly, I think, a, a glaring problem on the offense. Um, it feels like, like any time they target Hireman, good things happen. It's just like he disappears from the majority of the game. Yeah, they're just. He's good for he's good for like a first down on a bootleg, which they did all of like twice yesterday. The thing I was harping about last week is moving the pocket, and the two times they did it, first time was a bootleg. Ironman gets a first down. Second time they have Case Keenum roll out to his right, and that's the play where he hits Demarius Thomas down the field for like thirty something yards. Yeah, you know who likes the bootleg is Gary Kubiak. He sure does. And you know who likes Gary Kubiak? All of Twitter. And they really want him to come in. <laughs> which and, is so funny. Which is yeah. so funny because people could not wait to get rid of Kubiak. Like, yes. Kubiak was the reason Peyton Manning was not playing well in his final season. And there might be some truth to that, that Kubiak tried to force his system on maybe the most poor, the poorly fit quarterback for it. Uh, but the Broncos miraculously get a Super Bowl that year. Um, and then the, the, se- the season after, it's like uh, nobody liked Kubiak. Nobody was 
championing for championing for him and when they mutually agreed to to step down people were happy and now it's like it's always that though it's you, yeah you blame except when vance joseph gets fired nobody's going to be saying uh, they wish vance joseph was back uh unless of course the next coach is is worse that's <laughs> uh, 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 it's gonna be tough tough to um, do um it's uh there's just so many problems there's potential there as well and here's the the thing that uh, people want vance joseph to be fired right now they want joe woods to be fired right now. if anybody gets fired i think it will be joe woods before vance joseph uh because yeah. maybe you could argue that if vance joseph takes sort of ownership of the defense he could do a better job than joe woods uh kind of having your offensive or your head coach call your defensive plays um but it's the problem with doing that is there's not a solution for it this season. Like you're, if Vance Joseph is gone, uh, who who do you bring in? Who's gonna who's coaching I mean, this team? You you I'll, you're gonna put Gary more responsibility. Not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, Gary Kubiak stepped down for a reason. He's not gonna come in uh, as an interim head coach uh, as much as everyone wants him to. That's not how uh, coaching works. Can't really step in having not been inside the locker room all year and expect yeah. to take over a team uh, in the middle of a season. Yeah. Probably Bill Musgrave, even though he doesn't have any head coaching experience. Yeah. And I don't think like, I think Bill Musgrave's focus should just be figuring out the offense every week. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, it would have been, uh, it would have been Eric Studisville if he was still around, but obviously he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Joe DeCamillis, uh, step in as head coach when, uh, Kubiak, uh, you know, had his health issue the last right. time when around. Pax, but... When Pax and Lynch played so bad against the Falcons that he almost killed them on the sideline, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, – <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's a good solution for the Broncos this season. It's no. – uh, you just kind of have to hope that they pull it together. Um, because they did – they played well against the Chiefs, but a good team would have won that game. Um they, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like they haven't, even week one with their win over the, the Seahawks, you could point to a lot of issues in that game. So I don't feel like they've played a great game this entire season. You know what I mean? You're right. There hasn't yeah, been no, one game where I go, shit, these guys have figured it out. And Derek yeah. Wolf, after the game, you know, said he's, it's the same shit every week. He's sick and tired of talking about this shit. He needed to take a shit and that he thinks this shit runs deeper than even he can explain. So, I, He's in I a shitty mood. I don't blame him. It's, uh, it's coaching's a problem. Quarterback's a problem. The one solid thing this team had is no longer that. The defense is a problem. Uh, the best players on the team are the rookies right now. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's kind of uh, crazy. <laughs> It's a good sign for the future uh, if you want to look at it optimistically, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you get a – and it's hard because, again, Keenum's not a really bad quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. He's not not good enough to raise all ships. And the Broncos would need like an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback to do that. And he's clearly, you know, not even close to that. Yeah, and Chad Kelly's not not that guy. Yeah, well, yeah, Yeah. everybody expects the Broncos to put Chad Kelly in and miraculously the defense is going to get better. Offense is going to get better. Special teams going to get better. Everything. 
Yeah, the Broncos special teams actually very solid, and then they gave up that you know that big return in this game. Uh, yeah, McMahon well, Kobe, is, though, Kobe and, Wadman uh, shanked a couple to start. Yeah, his first punt was not good. His second punt was a little a little better, but not good. Then he kind of got into a rhythm, but fuck. I mean, look at that decision. Look at the decision. Here's Elway's biggest problem as a GM is to thinking that uh, talented people shouldn't be paid and that he can replace them. Because getting rid of Britton Colquitt, they drafted a punter to replace Colquitt, who was, for all intents and purposes, a fine punter. Colquitt, yeah. better than Marquette King has been, better than Riley Dixon ever was. You draft a punter. So you waste a draft pick on a position that maybe you find a, a gym somewhere else, a, a better position of need. Wade Phillips, they decide not to pay him. That was It came down to money. He wanted, I don't know, was it two or – like two million a year or some shit, they decide not to pay him. Obviously, a huge, huge mistake. TJ Ward going fine. We get it because uh, that didn't work out well, you know, in, in Tampa for him. Uh, you get rid of Akib Talib. That might not just be about money, obviously, but uh, huge issue for the defense. So uh, Malik Jackson, Danny Trevathan, not wanting to pay guys who are still playing well in other places. It is hard to replace production. I get it. Like as a GM, that's the, you're, you're always balancing those things, right? Like we have a cap we have to hit every year. Which guys can we keep? Who do we think we can part ways with? But I think that's been the real problem. And now we're seeing like the, the struggles of it and the Broncos really until they find a quarterback, uh, any coach that comes in here, I don't know who's going to write the ship. You look at the, like Sean McVay's having a lot of success because his quarterback's playing well. A big part of that is because of Sean McVay, but you've got to have a guy who can do that for you. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's, I don't see the solution happening soon. Everybody deserves the criticism. Uh, probably not the extent of which uh, social media will lay it on them, but it's fair to criticize anything right now. Yeah, no, um, I understand the frustration, although I don't think there's like a quick fix. Like, I don't think firing Vance Joseph, firing Vance Joseph basically means you're giving up on the season. Like, you can't expect yeah. the next coach to turn around. And if you want to have him fired and you can – except that the season's going to turn into just an absolute tire fire, which it might be anyway, then I understand that. Uh, if you want to bench Case Keenum, uh, which I don't think is the number one problem at least, uh, it's more of – I think it's closer to a symptom than a cause of the, the Broncos' overall problems. You can't expect Kate or Chad Kelly to come in and light them up uh, either because – he comes in and he's probably going to play worse than Keenum. But you have to, if you can accept that and accept that he's going to play pretty badly, most likely for a few games, uh, maybe more, and then maybe he'll start to figure things out at least like later in the season or next year. Uh, then I guess I understand that too, but you can't expect things to turn around quickly based on one or two moves. Yeah. It, if I'm the head coach, like, I'm sticking with Case Keenum until the Broncos are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Because yeah. then you can bring in Chad Kelly, and it 
it doesn't ruin your chances of sticking with Case Keenum if you need to next season. And it also will let you kind of gauge where he really is, uh, you know, playing against uh, starting NFL defenses. Because as good as the, the, the things Chad Kelly did well in the preseason, you can't expect to translate to the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- th- there's no denying that there's arm talent there that I think Kelly's got the – I think he's got the right makeup in that he's never going to be afraid to throw the ball, uh, which is also a dangerous line to walk as a quarterback. But, again, we you just don't know. And it's the same thing if the Broncos draft a, a – if, say, they finish – say they don't win any more games and they're drafting one or two and they pick a quarterback everybody thinks is, is a lock, like, that doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. just, it's such a mystery right now. And there's no, which to your point means there's no solid answer. So you just got to get on, get on the surfboard and ride the waves because the Rams are in town this weekend without Aqib Tlaib. Their defense is, well, the Rams pass rush is going to, I feel, destroy the Broncos offense this week, but we'll get into that on Thursday but the Broncos might play well against the Rams. That's how like that's how little I feel I understand this team right now. Yeah, no, here's the here's the angle for you. Case Keenum revenge game. <laughs> Dude, I've been saying Case Keenum bounce back game every week since week one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah, I don't think it's a bounce back at this point. I think it's just like a <laughs> bounce forward if he does anything good. Yeah, it'll. We'll see what happens. Uh, is there anything else that we missed here that we need to talk about? Um, I don't know. We can talk about a couple positives, I guess, just so people don't literally uh, fall off the ledge. Um, which if is maybe from that ledge, my friend. Well, third eye blind. Yeah. Um, Before your time, okay. really. Positive for you. Deshaun Hamilton caught a couple passes. He looked finally. Good. Yeah, he looks good. He looks yeah. faster than. DT, maybe even faster than Sanders. Uh, but, you know, you got to ease him in there. I was very happy to see, uh, I call him Day-Day Ham-Ham, get those, those catches. Okay, uh, Yeah. Cortland Sutton caught his first touchdown. Sutton gets first. a TD. Uh, yep. And it was a, it was an impressive grab. You know, he had to get that second foot down. Um, the, the, ball was, <laughs> the ball was placed in a somewhat catchable area by Keenum. But, uh, yeah, that was a good throw. It was an uh, all right throw. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Demarius Thomas, 100-yard game for the first time this year. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Uh, yeah, DT, yeah. 100 yards. Uh, the running backs, still good, just didn't get enough carries. Both averaged – I think Philip Lindsay had six-plus yards of carry. Freeman had like five. Freeman was quiet until he had that one big run. Uh, but also, like, they're kind of spotty with, with the way they, they get the ball to Freeman. And I thought the plan was to get yeah. Freeman the ball more this week <laughs> after he did nope. so well last week. No, 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 no. Booker no, needs but, to be in for 20 snaps in pass protection. All right, Brandon, Brandon, we're, we're talking positives here. Okay. You're right. Um, other positives? Um, all right. Yeah, no, I think that – uh, <laughs> Garrett Wolf got his first career interception, huh? Yep, yep. That was a nice play. Shane Ray uh, did a good job knocking the ball. Hey, Shane Ray actually played pretty good. Um, Yep. Maybe the best of any of the defensive players. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so the Jets, I mean, 
we know how many rushing yards they got. That 77-yard run, uh, I saw Chris Harris out of position. Then I saw Roby fall. I saw Darian Stewart fall. I yeah. saw Brandon Darian Stewart got shot with a sniper on that play, I'm pretty sure. Not fast enough to be able to, you know, make a stop. And then, I mean, I don't know who to b- blame for the poor rush defense. Like, it starts yeah, with the defensive yeah. line. I think, like, people think linebackers are what stop the, the run game. And they're, they're an important part of it, but it's like the linebackers and the defensive line are like a symbiotic sort of organism that – have yeah. to be on the same page, and I feel like they're not. And the, yeah, the well, one of them has line, to funnel them to the other, basically. Yeah, you, the the linebackers are stopping gaps, right? So, yeah. uh, the the gaps were everywhere. Just pick one, and the the running back was was finding holes there. And I mean, Belial Powell had ninety nine yards next to the two hundred and nineteen from Isaiah Crowell. So. I don't know New how you, Jets franchise record single game. Yeah, I don't know how you fix that. That's like a problem so bad that uh, I don't know. And Brad, the second like Bradley Roby got just fucking torched by Robbie Anderson. Like, is Robbie Anderson that much faster than Bradley Roby? Apparently, uh, I don't know. And I I was confident because I thought Roby did a decent job with Tyreek Hill, but then I don't know, man. I think Roby's just more suited to be a nickel corner. And uh, I think he can be a good one at that for a few more years in the NFL. But the Broncos offseason was just a failure. So Marquette King's gone. Clinton McDonald didn't even make it to to the start of the regular season. Uh, You put a lot of money in Case Keenum. He's not playing well. Tremaine Brock was your solution at corner. And that worked out so well you had to get Adam Jones. And neither – Jones didn't finish the game. So uh, your two corner solutions – weren't even on, you know, the, the field in this game. And the, the Rams, Tremaine Johnson, also was uh, – he, he didn't play. He was injured. But he has been playing well for the Rams. And he was a free agent this offseason, starting as their corner. Sure so that was the other thing that surprised me about the Broncos' offense is they should have had a distinct advantage against the Jets. They were down their starting corner – and then Buster Screen gets injured. Their their nickel or their yeah their nickel their slot corner whatever the fuck you want to call it, and uh, nothing. Made no difference. Nada 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 nada. And uh, I know we were trying to keep it positive, but I don't think the Broncos are a good football team, and I don't yeah. think they're going to do anything this season. Of course, that could change. Everything could change. This you've seen it every week in the NFL. But my hopes of them bouncing from first or from worst to second, that was my goal, second, I don't think is happening this year. Uh, they're going to compete with the Raiders, I feel like, to be at the bottom of this division. And it's going to be a bumpy ride, Will. We'll see how many people stick with us through the season. Mm. Mm. Yes, that's going to be the real test. All right, I'm done. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nope, I'm done. I hate this team. Uh, that's it. I still love them, but boy, am I disappointed. I hate this iteration of the team. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't hate – I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's well, – yeah, I mean, people get really upset. 
but it's just men playing a game and they don't play it as well as other men like it is so silly to get to to let it affect your day and your life but it's like it's it's like a religion though people build part of their identity into the success of their team because uh we have our own lives where we're not doing anything special and so we want to see our team represent the opposite of that for us and when it doesn't we take it personally and it's uh, a weird world we live in i think you i think you hit the nail on the head right there yeah if anybody made it this far in the podcast i should have started with that you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think uh after that Smart podcasters and radio people or whatever, they start with something good to hook people. I just started by screaming about nothing. So I don't know. I think people, after hearing that little soliloquy by you, would have uh, gotten very immediately very depressed and turn, turned off the podcast and reconsidered most of their life choices. That's Good Sports Podcast. Number one podcast for uh, suicides after listening. <laughs> Not the only a thing we we're need. proud of, but hey, yeah, we're, we're going to be number one, one in right now. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening here. Make sure you follow Will Keys on Twitter, at WillKeys6. Uh, Will, big help to me right now. Without him, I would be drowning. In a ditch somewhere, yeah. Will is helping me. Uh, we're on iTunes, Podbean, all that bullshit. You know, give us a yeah. rating. Or not. Do it. Bye. Yeah.